And we're back. Welcome back in Stripe Show Podcast. I'm your host, Travis Fulton. Thank you for making us part of your day. My man, Sammy Burns, if you're a, a fan of the Stripe Show Podcast or you've been following me on social media, you you know who Sammy Burns is because we have been talking about this guy for quite some time. The talent has arrived and he's got his first win on the PGA Tour. I couldn't be more excited. And to help me break it down, the Valspar, Quail Hollow, We've got a great run of golf coming. A good friend, Damon Hack. How you doing, buddy? Travis Fulton, what's up, my friend? It's great to spend some time with you. Congrats on your success with the Stripe Show podcast. It's awesome. Hey, thanks. I appreciate that. And just like old times, you know, it's uh, the morning drive days. Of course, many of you recognize Damon Hack, myself. I was on there uh, for a few years. And now you've moved up to the Northeast, still the Golf Channel, but it's a different show. It's called Golf Today, co-host uh, you are, and uh, it, it's great, man. I enjoy watching. You guys are killing it up there. Thanks, man. Uh, Shane Bacon's a great partner, loves this game. Uh, we're both, you know, doing our best to play as much golf as we can while we can. It's a short, passionate golf season up here <laughs> in the Northeast, but a lot of great golf courses up here, as you know. Well, it's 91, and it's humid. <laughs> and I know you know a thing, too, about, uh, or you know, Florida. You said yes. living in Orlando. Summer is here. My goodness, you walk out, you'll be sweating. In wow. 10 seconds, but uh, let's get to the Valspar Championship course right across Interstate 4. You go through Orlando, you get over to Tampa, and there's uh, there's Copperhead. You know, it's a, Innisbrook's kind of an older property, but the golf course has stood the test of time. It is a fantastic course. I'm not surprised that Sam Burns has got his first win, David. I mean, this is a... Uh, this is a this is a special player here. You know, you look at him. We've been following him. He's got the length off the tee. He's got a good approach game. And let me tell you something. This young man can putt. My goodness, can he fill it up? Pretty impressed with uh, Mr. Sammy first win there. I, I really am. And one of those players that we've kind of seen coming and was waiting for this moment, you know, might be best known for getting snubbed from that uh, Walker Cup team about four years ago. Uh, but look at him now. I, I first heard the name Sam Burns back uh, from Carter Toms, who's the son of David Toms. You know, mm-hmm. Sam and Carter grew up at that David Toms 265 Academy in Shreveport, Louisiana. So I started to hear about him when he was in high school. Uh, he's just gotten better and better. Went to LSU. Kind of your prototypical modern swinger of the golf cl- club. Hits the ball high, hits it a long way. He's built. He's strong. Uh, but you mentioned the putting, and that's really kind of the key. He he drives it well, and he also putts it well. Mm-hmm. That's a really, really a deadly combination. I think it was about process for him, getting comfortable, had some bites of the apple in terms of contention. Now that he's got a victory, uh, it, it looks like this is someone who's going to be here to stay. Yeah, no one has had the lead after a round of golf, tournament round of golf, more than Sam Burns. We've seen him up there. Um, and now he clearly looked more comfortable down the stretch on Sunday. And Keegan kind of faded a little bit. Mm. So it did make him it things a little bit easier. But but Sam Burns looked the part down the stretch. How about positive 9.1 strokes gain putting? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that is an enormous number. And I'm telling you, like, it's not, you see it a lot with Burns. You know, he, he'll go positive four, five, six consistently with his putter. He'll go positive three, four, five strokes gain approach. When you can, when you can manage those two things on the PGA Tour, you got lasting power. You're going to be up there. You're going to get comfortable and eventually clip one of these off. And he can let the dog out too with the driver. That drive he hit on, I think it was 10, mm. when he just unleashed it and it carried 320. He picked the tee up and was walking away. I was like, dang. 
this guy has got another gear. You know, Damon, I had his, his coach, longtime coach, Brad Pullen on the podcast yeah. back in February. And Brad, he, he had so many just interesting nuggets about Sam. And one of them was he said, you know, Sam grew up on this putting green that was big, had a lot of undulation and was super fast. Mm. You know, so he's grown up on these Bermuda greens, really fast, lot of slope. What's that remind you of? Kind of reminds you of Copperhead and, you, you know, these sweeping putts that he had coming in. He made a lot of those. Um, I'll tell you what, fast Bermuda greens sign me up for Sam Burns. And to me, that's the difference because we know a lot of guys can hit it, but the putter is the Achilles heel. And that's not the case with Sam. Such a great point. You can almost see that in the head to head between Sam Burns and Keegan Bradley on that front nine, especially both were hitting the ball very good. And, and Keegan mm-hmm. was making some putts on the front nine, the back nine, you know, obviously had the tee shot into the water on the par three, which kind of was the end of his day. But the difference between, between those two players to me, especially is the comfort that Sam seems to have on the greens compared to Keegan, who I think has worked himself back into being a good putter, uh, a, a workable, solid putter uh, post anchor band, which is something he's had to deal with. I think Webb Simpson might be the, the kind of the poster child for success after the anchor band. I don't think Keegan's had nearly the success Webb has, but he has been able to find a putting stroke that works but Sam Burns seems to have a putting stroke that absolutely thrives. It is a weapon. And when you com- you know combine that with his already strong tee to green game, uh, that's when you start hoisting trophies on the PGA Tour. Yeah, I don't I don't think he's an inconsistent putter either. I, I think his I don't think like the, the the bottom is that low. You know, mm-hmm. he, he struggled a little bit there. Few events coming in. He missed three cuts in a row there um, and his putting fell off. But I don't think we we're going to see these big gaps. I mean, he is a solid putter, but when he gets it going man, he can fill it up, positive nine is a big number. You mentioned Keegan. No one's been affected more about the ban of the belly putter. I've been watching Keegan, looking at him closely. Um, and, you know, this is a guy that's coming on this. You know, Sam Burns didn't surprise me. And Keegan Bradley didn't surprise me uh, with his play either. He's been positive in strokes game putting now for the last five weeks. That's a big statement for Keegan Bradley. Oh. This is a guy that lives negative three, four in putting. Yeah. Can you imagine being that good of a ball striker and then just can't even sniff it with a flat stick? But as of late, I'm telling you. The putter's showing some life. I thought Keegan looked really, really good with a flat stick. I know he missed a few short ones, but he looked very confident. He's got to feel good, doesn't he? I think he will take the big picture. He knows that his game is in the right place as he heads to, you know, we continue to have this you know, wonderful schedule, and you got Quail Hollow, and you got PGA. You got a lot of, you know, great tournaments still to come, a U.S. Mm-hmm. Open at Torrey Pines. And this is someone in Keegan Bradley who's a major champion, won 10 years ago in Atlanta. He's a world golf championship winner as well. Seem to be, Travis, as you know, a fixture on the Ryder Cup and the President's Cup team. Yep. But he hasn't played, I want to say, since 2014. Got back from Scotland, didn't uh, unpack his bag, kept it kind of sitting in the corner of a room. He said he was just so disappointed with how that week turned out for the American side. But it seemed like he and Phil, for a time, would kind of potentially be the the the, the emotion of that American Ryder Cup and President's Cup team. And obviously, uh, Keegan Bradley desperately wants to get back into that conversation. Not there yet, uh, but yeah. as you say, continuing to play well and to put himself in the position to win, uh, still lots of time left for that Ryder Cup team to be settled. And you know Keegan Bradley with the fire that he has and his ball striking ability wants to be a part 
of that team, but he's had to put his game back together, particularly the short game with the putter. And I think we're starting to see things come together for him. If that gets hot, as you mentioned, his ball striking uh, is second to none on the PGA tour. This is the best run of putting he's had in a long time here over these last five events. I mean, you go back before that, you go 30 events and he's been positive in putting like three or four times, mm. you know, I mean, that's, that's the kind of, you know, putting that we're, we're used to seeing with Keegan Bradley. And of course you're going to miss cuts when you're losing four or five to the field, you're going to be 42nd, you're going to be 40th, but not of late, you know, he, he's on a nice run here. And I think, uh, you know, I, I think it's going to continue. Something's clicked. Something has happened here. And I heard the telecast talk about, they've been using the laser to help him with the path of the putter head. Right. Um, so he certainly has zeroed in on that. And then on Saturday and even Sunday, for the most part, these putts were going up to the hole. They had good speed just past the hole. Like to me, that's telling me he's confident in what's going on. So something's happened. He's turning the corner. They can't take this away from him. Can they? They can't take the brace, the arm lock away from him when no one was affected more by the belly. And now he's finally figured this out. And they, I mean, he would have to have the worst luck in the history of professional golf. If they take this away. I tell you what, we saw what happened with the anchor band. What happened was players started winning majors. Keegan Bradley, Webb Simpson, Ernie Els winning with the anchored putting stroke. So that was really the impetus for the USGA to act, to say they didn't like how it looked. Mm. Uh, Similarly, should we see this continue to take off and players win with it? I mean, Bryson's already won a major with his kind of style of putting. So it's definitely something to watch. But yeah, if you're, if you're Keegan Bradley, say, hey, I, a lifetime of putts anchoring, you took that away from me. I've had to spend thousands of hours on the putting green to get that out and work something else in. I, I mean, you know, I don't want to say lawsuit, Travis, but you oh. never know. I mean, he, he, yeah. he would be like, Hey, you're, you're taking food out of my, out of my refrigerator. Uh, I, that's all I could think about uh, on the weekend watching Keegan was, they can't take this away too. Like yeah. I said, all I could think about, I was like, he looks so confident now and so much at ease with the flat stick. No one has endured more pain learning how to re he had to, he had to relearn how to putt. That's all he, he knew up to that he point. He relearned how to putt. And he also, you know, listening to the broadcast, he's trying to mimic the path of his old anchored stroke to stand as far away from the golf ball that he did height of his power Atlanta athletic club. And, 2011 and mm-hmm. representing the U.S. And, and one more chit in his favor as we talk about uh, the Ryder Cup team. I mean, he's been a past teammate of Steve Stricker, who's now the captain. So Steve mm-hmm. has seen his fire up close, seen his clutch ability in the team competition, and seen what he brings in terms of the intensity that some say the Americans sometimes seem to lack. So with this refound confidence with the putter, with his past history in team matches, with Steve Stricker sharing that team room, maybe some things will start to fall in Keegan Bradley's favor. Yeah, I sure hope so. He, he deserves it. You know, I, 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 I like watching Keegan play. He's kind of, he's a little quirky, you know, with yeah. his routines and it drives people nuts, but he is kind of a somewhat, he's, a, he's like a storyline, you know, and it is his self with the history of, of putting, of course, his Hall of Fame aunt. Yes. Um, and it, it's just, I like seeing Keegan in the mix a little bit and uh, and just seeing him, with some confidence with the flat stick. You mentioned the Ryder cup. Rory McIlroy um, knows a thing or two about the Ryder cup, and he's going to be back in the field this week um, at quail hollow. And this is a big month here coming up because not only has he won the Wells Fargo, but he's also won at Kiwa, 
you know, yeah. where the PGA championship is in a couple months. So he's got two golf courses that, you know, he kind of likes <laughs> he's been there and has played very well at. I'm, I'm a little baffled here. Like, I don't know what to expect Damon when we see Rory teed up this week and what's going to happen in the month of May. I mean, what have you heard or what do you think's going to happen here? Yeah, it's a great question. We're all kind of stunned uh, at the admission that Rory made back in March that he was kind of swayed by Bryson DeChambeau and trying to chase extra distance and, and really kind of tinkering with his swing speed and, and, and messing with his superpower. I mean, my God, Rory McIlroy, one of the two or three best drivers of the last 25 years in this game. And to think that he would put that talent in jeopardy, put that incredible skill set in jeopardy to chase down Bryson DeChambeau, or at least try to get closer to. So, you know, he, the last I've heard, he's he's trying to get back to what he did. You know, he's yeah. working, added Pete Cowan to his coaching stable, still with Michael Bannon, his longtime coach, but, uh, you know, sought the the advice and the eyeballs of, of, of Pete Cowan, who has also known Roy McIlroy since he was a junior golfer, trying to get more natural. I mean, that's the thing. We've had conversations about Jordan Spieth, who's talked about mm-hmm. that his swing too much and getting tied up in mechanics. I think of Roy McIlroy, Travis, I think of one of the more natural swingers. His golf swing is unique to him. Mm-hmm. It, it's a move that you can't teach. That That's Roy McIlroy's golf swing. And I just was – I appreciated Roy's honesty as a broadcast journalist that he would share that with us and not to mm-hmm. say, you know, I've just been struggling or I'm just slumping. There's always a lot going on with Rory. I think motivation is is part of it kind of trying to figure out, you know, outside of Augusta, where he's yeah. major from completing a career grand slam, you know, what am I playing for? What is my legacy going to be? So there's the off the course emotional. I'm a dad now. I'm a family man. How do I keep the pot boiling? How do I stay hungry and angry and feisty uh, and keep chasing down, hunting down big moments? And then the second thing is on the golf course where he admitted that, hey, I'm um, uh, I got swayed by the siren song of Bryson DeChambeau, an incredible admission for someone who drives the golf ball as well as Rory McIlroy historically does. I, I appreciate the transparency as well, but I, I just think that there's certain things you got to keep to yourself. And, and yeah. I just think that's one of them. You know, like I yeah. just, when he said that, I almost fell off the couch. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Rory McIlroy's chasing distance. Why? Yeah. I think it all started when they came back from COVID at the Schwab Cup. Mm-hmm. Rumor has it um, from some of my resources, they played in a practice round and Bryson was like routinely 25 to 30 past him. And I don't think that sat well. And um, so I think it's been kind of in his head, you know, since that point. But the reality is, is in that practice round, you know, Bryson was probably no governor just letting it off. It really wasn't his play speed, you know, and you look at the play speed between Bryson and Rory, you know, you look at the averages. I mean, they're not that far apart. And now Bryson probably has that higher gear and can, and can turn it up and can now roll it, you know, 20 yards past him. But it just, it just surprised me. You know, I don't, not Rory is smart as well thought out as, you know, just like, it just was a silly move to me. And um, I, I'm just, you know, I don't know what we're going to see. You know, these coaches like having another coach come on, but the old coach stay on like, this is kind of new, at least yeah. in my mind. Like, you know, you saw it with Jordan and Cameron, McCormick and then Jordan was, you know, Butch looked at him and there was other things going on, but Cameron was still there. Now we see it with Rory and Michael Bannon, longtime coach. And, and now Pete Cowan's looking at him. It's like, what, this is, there's a lot going on here and to manage. And I, I mean, it's gotta be, you know, and even like DJ, DJ yeah. has, um, 
uh, Alan Terrell, long time yeah. at Coastal Carolina. And then you see Claude Harmon out there with them. And it's just, there's just a lot going on. And I guess the players are comfortable with it, where at least for DJ, he can probably filter through it the best because, you know, who knows how much he's actually listening and, and taking it in and then can kind of forget and move on. So, but I just, uh, man, I just think there's a lot to manage there, maybe in the way of egos and coaches, when you start having multiple people looking at your swing. I am really, really intrigued to see what Rory is going to look like this week. I, I really am because he's a mess. He was a mess the last time we saw him. I mean, he was hitting the ball all over the place. Yeah, if, if I'm Roy McIlroy, I'm, I'm shuttling back and forth between the putting green and the 100-yard shot. I mean, that, yeah. and I would have left the driver alone. Look at what Dustin Johnson did to turn himself from kind of the contender in majors to, to world-class and a dominant number one, in my opinion, by really focusing on his wedge play and making that a strength when you're hitting at 330 and having short clubs in. And I think that's one area of Rory's game. The putter seems to be kind of hot and cold. I think actually he's putting pretty well of late big picture, but that wedge game, he seems to leave himself. I remember walking um, at Firestone years ago with, with Robert Dameron, our old buddy mm-hmm. from the golf channel. And we were just kind of dumbfounded at the short irons that Rory was leaving himself 40 footers or, or spinning them off the front of the green even. And so I think that's continued to be kind of a weak spot in this game. But the driver, you're, you're, you're putting, you know, extra paint on the Mona Lisa. There, there's no need for him to go down that road. <laughs> and, and now he's got to work his way out of it. Yeah. Yeah, he does. He does. It's 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 going to be fascinating to to see where Bright or where uh, where he's at. Now we talked about Bryson. He's also in the field uh, this week. Great field. I think we got six of the top nine um, at Quail Hollow in the yeah. official World Golf Ranking. Beautiful venue. Great golf course. It's going to be awesome. Um, you look at Bryson. We saw him at Arnold Palmer. Very sharp. Won that. We saw him at the Players. Very sharp. Finished third. Uh, did look great at the Masters. Um, you know, I think that place of all the major championships is one where it's probably going to challenge him the most um, to get that green jacket. He finished 46. So we haven't seen him in about a month. Uh, He comes here to this venue. He was fourth back in 2018 and he's missed the cut in 17 and 16. So the last time he saw quail hall, a little bit of success, Um, you know, you look at him statistically. I mean, everything was very clean until the masters. I really thought the approach game was on point. And I think with Bryson, of course, you know, you're going to get the distance. Uh, I think it comes down to that approach game, you know, the touch controlling distances with his irons, um, his putter. I'm not, I'm not worried about driving's going to, you know, he, he's going to have his moments where he's spraying it, but it's that approach game. I think when he's on there, Bryson is going to be awful tough to beat here as we uh, move into the summer. Yeah. I think the masters is a little bit in his head. Yeah. I actually spoke to him uh, during that week at Augusta and I was kind of teasing him. I said, hey, you said this was a par 67 for you. And he goes, oh, it's probably a par 74 for me, the way I've been playing around here. So I think he's kind of having to change his approach there and, and almost having to really respect the golf course a little bit more. And I think, he, yeah. you know, the, the philosophy that worked at Wingfoot may, it may not translate to Augusta Nassau, or at least it hasn't so far. There's so much more to that golf course, the angles, the second shot aspect of that golf course. I think he's going to continue to have to learn. It's a different test. It's a different place. Not everybody can be Jordan Spieth or, or Tiger Woods, who, who so early in their respective careers, Jack Nicklaus, uh, found comfort on that golf course. I, I think Bryson, I was at Wingfoot, Travis, you know, we were all dumbfounded that he could hit the ball and, and sometimes offline – 
that he had the strength to play out of that rough. So yeah. I him at a place like Torrey Pines, for example, yep. you know, he's going to be a dangerous man. It already mm-hmm. favors the long hitter. Quell Hollow similarly favors long hitters. When you think about the, the history of the winners there and Rory and Max Homa, uh, Tiger. I mean, you know, you've got big hitters that have won there. Anthony Kim back in the day. Yeah. I'm fascinated to watch Bryson on those par fives because he comes to this golf course now with a different philosophy than he did the last time he played. He's a different player than he was a few years ago. The hits literally keep on coming from one boxing event to the next. They grow in excitement and in anticipation, and this weekend is no different with two of the sport's most respected fighters stepping into the ring Saturday night. There is no better place to get in in all of the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. For this weekend's fight, DraftKings is offering all new users a shot at turning $1 into $55. To celebrate this weekend's huge event, DraftKings Sportsbook is offering new users the opportunity to get 55-to-1 odds on either main event fighter to win this weekend's fight. That's Bet $1, and if the fighter of your choice wins, you cash $55 plus. With basketball and hockey playoffs right around the corner, DraftKings Sportsbook has even more ways for you to make it rain. DraftKings Sportsbook is safe, secure, and reliable, meaning you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code TRAVIS when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can bet $1 to win $55 on this weekend's main event. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook is going all out for new users by offering them the chance to win $55 when placing a bet of $1 on this weekend's big fight only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Yeah, that's a good point. There, There's uh, the longer hitters. I'm looking at JB Holmes, one here. Right. Uh, back in 2014, you know, Fowler was 2012. There's Anthony Kim, 2008, Tiger Woods, 2007. Back in VJ's heyday, he won here, yeah. 2005. So Bills played very well there. Bills played well. Yeah. DJ was uh, second back in 17. Mm. Um, yeah. So, yeah, your points are, are, are well noted here that this is a spot had success the last time he played it and he's coming back with even more firepower. That's the yeah. fascinating thing now. I mean, you, back in 2018, he's showing up with another 30 yards yeah. um, off of the tee. He's going to, you know, he's going to press down on the gas when he can um, to try Thomas to overtake won a PGA it. There. Just, it's uh, just one more, uh, yeah. bigger one that uh, PGA in 2017 at Quail Hollow, just, yep. just one, one more, you know, big a bomber to add to that that incredible roster of champions at that golf course. I'm making notes now as I fill out my lineups here <laughs> in my uh, in my gambling show. All right, let's let's look ahead. This is the super season. There's a lot going on in golf. Golf's on fire right now. Yeah, you know, Damon, it's so cool to see. Um, rounds are up. People are loving the game. I think it's going to be a great summer. You know, of golf, and there's so many cool storylines going on right now. We have a nice influx of young players. Um, we have a nice pool of, I wouldn't say not as young players as the JT and the Spice now get into their late twenties and Rory's 31. And then we still have that tiger narrative. Like mm. he's going to make it back, right? He's going to come back, I think. And Phil's tr- still trying to be competitive. And so we just got a nice mix of things going on and it, it's just really cool to follow and be a part of. So as we, let's say, let's look, let's look back first. Okay. Here in the super season. 
who who's been maybe a big surprise for you in in this super season up to this point that you, you take a step back and you're saying, yeah, man, he's 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 really surprised me to this point. I'd say to me, it's the consistency of Victor Hovland, who uh, when he turned pro a, a couple of years ago, the thought was, well, he'll be kind of the third wheel. You know, you know, got to mention Morikawa and Wolf first. And there's, oh yeah, it's the Hovland right. guy. He, he's third. He's the, the Norwegian guy who who played so well and smiled on his way to uh, Loam at the U.S. Open at Pebble. Uh, the way he has played and contended and won on the PGA Tour and how much he's been able to show consistency, especially off the tee and with his ball striking, it's just been impressive to watch. I've said on Golf Today that I think his attitude is also a 15th club. He just has a very positive, sunny outlook. We saw it at a concession where he made that eight and, and bounced back to, to finish uh, – that tournament very, very strongly. That just seemed to be like I'm the perfect example of who Victor Hovland is, not to mention his ball striking was excellent on one of the most difficult golf courses in Florida. As you know, the concession uh, really tested the very best that week. So to me, one of my big surprises is how consistent, how often Victor Hovland seems to answer the door week to week on the PGA Tour for a young player still learning how to travel and still learning how to yep. play golf courses. Yep. Yeah, and he, he boy, he had a great Sunday. Was charging, uh, ended up finishing him third there, yeah. uh, in Tampa. Yeah, he he's got he he's got a, a nice summer ahead. He, he's done his short game. You can see the improvement too. Um, yeah. These shots around the green. He hit a bunker shot, I think, on Saturday that had beautiful elevation to it. I think he's had a hard time using the bounce and throwing it up in the air a little bit in the bunker around mm-hmm. the greens. There were two or three shots this weekend that I saw that I I was that that. That looks like a different short game player. Jeff Smith has done a good job with him um, around the greens and he's starting to put it in play. And I think like Sam Burns, that's the area of the game that when that becomes a strength, Mm. you're talking about major championships, I think for Burns and Hovland, because you know, off the tee and into the green, they are going to wear you out. And And when they miss it, can they be that top shelf short game player? So, yeah, I think a lot of momentum going for Hobbin. I'll give you Max Homa. You know, I think Max Homa, of course, the defending champion um, this week, this is a different player. I think it's a better player this year coming in than he was when he won um, the last time we saw it back in 2019. He started working with Mark Blackburn after the U.S. Open. He missed the cut back in 2020. And I'm telling you, the improvement since that time has been amazing. Now, of course, he won the Genesis, but we're seeing his name now a lot more on the first and second page of the leaderboard. And you look at him statistically, his approach game, he's 43rd. He's really improved in strokes gain approach. Around the green, he's 75th. Putting, he's 65th. Total, he's 38th. I mean, this is a guy now that is in that top third now of every statistical category. And I just think he's just a much better all-around player in a pretty short period of time. We're talking just 10 months with Mark Blackburn. So I, I think um, he's really surprised me. And um, I think he's got a better game right now going in this year than he did when he won uh, just a couple years ago. Who else you got? Yeah, yeah. Max is the real deal. 16th in the FedEx Cup standings now and seemingly on the leaderboard week after week. Another guy, Cam Smith, you yeah. know. I remember he won the Zurich a few years ago with uh, Jonas Blix. And it was so shy. Cam could hardly put two words together. He was so emotional about winning this team event. Well, he's become his own man now. He's won at the Sony. 
Uh, you know, he contends nearly every week now on the PJ Tour. One now with Mark Leishman at the Zurich Classic as well. Played great golf at the Masters the last two times, November and in April. November shot four rounds in the 60s, first player ever to do so. Uh, and, of course, was one of the runner-ups behind uh, Dustin Johnson sharing that honor with Sung J.M. But Cam Smith, in, in, you know, for him, it's, the greens are his, his strength. To watch that putting stroke, to watch that short game, my goodness, because um, he didn't hit it that great. No. Admission in November at the Masters specifically, he was in some trees and in some trouble, and his short game is so, so sharp that he can get out of a lot of tough spots. You know, it, it's funny because with when you look, I agree, I totally agree with Cameron Smith. We've talked about him a lot. I think he's playing the best golf of his career right now, hands down. I mean, his his short game is through the roof. I mean, this kid can hit some shots. He lives right here um, in uh, in the Jack's Beach area, and he's he's become a top shelf player for sure. And, and him and Leishman getting that win just a couple weeks ago. You know, I had Maverick McNeely down as. One of my surprises, he's kind of popped up here a couple times, a couple top tens. But we got to give Cameron Tringali just a little bit of respect, don't we? I mean, Cameron Tringali, I know, hasn't won yet on the PGA Tour, and he's been out there, I think, for the better part of 12 years. But my goodness, Cameron Tringali is playing some great golf. I mean, he is filling it up right now. Third at RCM. He's top 20s at the Farmers Waste Management. Seventh at AT and T, thirteenth at the Honda, ninth at Valero, third at Valspar. I mean, he's just every single week the guy plays. There he is. He's in, he's on the first page of the leaderboard, shooting sixty-seven. Um, I mean, I, I, we got to give Cameron Dragal a little bit of respect. He has played some great, consistent golf week in and week out. He is. He is, and I apologize for my oh, my. My uh, allergies are getting bad up here in the Northeast. <laughs> but Cameron Dragal is among now the leaders all-time money earners on the PGA Tour without <laughs> history. So yeah. incredibly consistent player who continues to put himself in position to win. I'm sure that's not like a, a category he wants to keep. No. All-time leading money winner without a victory, but fine player from Georgia Tech who continues to, to find himself on leaderboards on the PGA Tour, that's for sure. Yeah. All right, let's look ahead. Who who you uh... – who are you concerned with? Anybody that's uh, like, man, I'm just, I don't know about this guy. Who, who is, I'm just a little worried right now going into this summer. Jason Day, for me, it's more of a physical thing. I mean, I spoke to him at the Masters, and he said he's like stopping talking about the injuries. Like it's mm. not productive for him from a competitive standpoint in terms of focusing on the back issues that he's had. He's adjusted his practice. He can't lean on that anymore he has to find a way to produce but I just don't know how he can with a limited practice and playing schedule when you've got the likes of Justin Thomas and and DJ and John Rahm and all these you know young bucks coming up finding comfort Morikawa Hoffman mm-hmm. etc so Jason Day who was a former world number one who at the time was the best player in the world can he get back to that point with a limited ability for his body to handle the rigors of being one of the best players in the world. Yeah, it's too bad. I mean, it really is. I mean, the, to have an injury plaguing you like that, just, and it's been years of this, you know, and, yeah. and uh, certainly concerned about that. You know, Ricky Fowler doesn't have any injuries that I know about, um, yeah. but man, you, you just have to look at for what it is, the changes that he went through in his swing just haven't panned out. And it, they were, they were big changes that he was going after when they, when he went into it, I remember texting with some other coaches and 
everybody agreed they don't want that job. Like those are wholesale changes. And it just, it hasn't panned out from the approach game standpoint. I don't think he's driving the ball as well as he used to. And unfortunately now, and now unfortunately like Spieth, it's, it went into his putting, you know, when he went through those changes and Ricky Fowler, his weapon was his putter. Um, And now he's having a hard time with the putter. I'm, he got the invite, um, you know, at the PGA, but I'm concerned with Ricky golf needs Ricky Fowler. And um, I just, uh, you know, he was 17th at the Valspar. I get it. 20th at Genesis, but just a lot of, you know, iffy shots and big changes. He looks like he's in between the changes right now. He's got a lot of stuff going on off the tee. Life happens. I'm worried about Ricky. We need him back. I am, I am too. I, I wonder, does he call Butch back? Does he, does he, does he kind of fish, you know, cut bait? Like, like what do you do at this point? Does the caddy go? Does the coach go? The same questions were asked of Jordan Spieth and Jordan yeah. wrote it out with Cameron with the, you know, got the eyeballs of Butch as well. But I think Ricky's getting to a point now. He missed the Masters. Probably by all rights should be missing this PGA, but for that special exemption, uh, not anywhere on the Ryder Cup radar at this point. So you have to start wondering at what point do you say, you know what, this just is, this just did not work. And, and yeah. I need to find a different way to go about a game that once finished in the top five and four straight major championships. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. It's crazy how far he's fallen. It really is. Mm. Um, you know, and Spieth worked through it. It took him three years. I, I think, you know, who knows? Hindsight's twenty twenty. But yeah, you know, three years is a is a long period of time to fight a low left off the tee. Um, you know, like it just it took it took a lot longer than one would think to clean that up. But you know, the players have ideas, they have thoughts, they have opinions, and you know, I think most of the players are stubborn. So who knows? Are they willing to change? And they're loyal, you know. So it's just there's a lot of moving parts there. Right. And I'm worried about uh, about Ricky. Who who else you got on that list? You know, for for a different reason, like you know, Tony Finau, who's got some oh, forty top ten since his win in 2016. Like I'm not worried about his game. I'm more worried about his mental approach of having mm-hmm. to walk off golf courses and talk to people like me that are saying, what is the frustration level to play so well, but to be asked about when, when number two is going to come. And I saw him at the masters. This is kind of his cross to bear on the PGA tour. He's that guy waiting for a second PGA tour win. And it's just, it's just, it's tough to watch someone who has the respect of everybody on the PGA Tour, who is by all accounts a, a very nice, fine human being. Yeah, who's well compensated. No one's going to be crying tears for him, <laughs> but it's just yeah to have some forty tops. It's almost like how, how does that happen? Someone would stumble at the tape and hand him a trophy. You would have thought at some point. You know, it's funny. Like I, I watched my son's football game on Saturday, and they played a team that beat him by four points, and. I literally had anxiety by the end of the game watching him play football. My son, six-year-old flag football for crying out loud, right? And they lost by two. And, you know, you're kind of bummed and you're walking away. That's what I feel like when I'm watching Tony Finau. It's like watching my brother play and I'm so invested and I want him to win so bad, you know? And and it's like, my gosh. And then he does it and you walk away and your wife says, what's wrong? I'm like, I just, you know, I get like, really? You know, <laughs> I, mean, that's, you, I feel like, we're so invested in him, you know, and we, yeah. and he's such a great guy and we're, and Boyd Summerhays is an absolute gem of a human being. And so, yeah, it's, I, I, it has to wear on him, right? It, it has, has to. to. He has yeah. to sense that energy. He, the, the energy you feel and I feel 
and the gallery feels and the media feels and the, I mean, he has to know that this is a talking point <laughs> in the game. You know, everyone's yeah. like, Oh my God, Tony's is, how's he going to get through this week? You know? <laughs> yeah. Gosh. All right. Well, let me, I'll, I'll finish this up here. Matthew Wolf. I mean, that's probably a fairly obvious one. Mm. Um, you know, the concern there, I, I would say I would have put Wolf on the list of the most surprising last year. Um, to me and the consistency and the growth that he, that he showed at a young age. I was, I was more optimistic about Morikawa and Hovland than I probably was Wolf when they came out. And I thought Wolf was just, uh, just an absolute pillar of consistency out there. And, and now, you know, we've seen him struggle a little bit off the tee and, and trying to get his life together of this COVID life, which has certainly affected us all, but it's affected his game in a big, big way. He doesn't look the same. Um, he's certainly not playing the same. And, um, you know, I just, I, I think his ball striking has taken a big dip. His around the green is is not where he would like to see it. And when you start seeing like two and then maybe three parts of these parts of the games really falling, you know, that's when you get concerned. Like it's one area. Okay. Yeah. I just gotta get my short game better. Right. But when you start seeing the ball striking and the short game and, you know, like really starting to fall, you start to get a little bit concerned. So hopefully Wolf, can find some peace and, and some fun, you know, off the tee and get back to playing the type of golf, which from a consistency standpoint, surprised the heck out of me. I mean, I was like, damn, this kid's, you know, like I knew he was good, but just, he was really putting together some nice runs. All right. Final question. Who are we the most excited about here? Rest of the year. Give me a name. Can't wait for this guy here uh, in the super season. For me, it's Jordan. I, I just, you know, seeing him in Phoenix and that's kind of when this run of great play started reminded me of what he brings week to week to the PGA Tour, to the fan, to all of us. It's different. It's not Tiger level, but it's different. It's alluring. It's captivating. It's roller coaster, edge of your seat fun. And I just can't wait to see what his next, you know, step is going to be this summer. Obviously, he got the win in San Antonio, but I feel like Jordan Spieth is kind of one of those needle movers in the game, and we've been reminded why in this spring. Uh, he just goes about his business in such a captivating way. I've missed it, and I can't wait to see the next act. <laughs> I've missed it, too, you know, and I – I know you're not surprised that he got back into the winner's circle and, and pieced it back together. I don't think there's anybody other than, you know, in Tiger's era that gets the most out of their game every Absolutely. single time. I mean, he that. can score, hit it off the planet, shoot one under. It's like, how'd that guy just shoot one under, you know, from where he hit it? Um, yeah, there's there's more wins to come. There's some really special golf, I think, coming from Jordan Spieth. I'll, I'll go right there with his best friend, head-to-head, Justin Ooh. Thomas. I want to see these two get together, final group. That would be some really good theater right there because we saw Jordan coming out. He was, he was the guy first part of the career. Then Jordan fell off. Then JT picked it up. Now Jordan's back playing JT's playing good golf. Won the players JT hit the golf ball exceptionally well last week at the Valspar finished 13th and lost six and a half putting. I mean, my goodness, he is the most, he's the streakiest putter. I think of, of the best players in the game for sure. And when he gets it going, it's he is. It looks like he just runs out of holes, right? Because he is putting so good. Like we saw the players, the sixty-four on Saturday and then sixty-eight on Sunday. He just starts filling it up. But man, does that hole get small sometimes for him, like it did at the Valspar? And he's trying to bridge that gap too, Damon, because you know he worked with Matt Killen for a long time, right? And then he wanted to try to understand, like, why 
when I don't putt well, what's different? And so he went to John Graham and I talked to John about it on the podcast. And so they're trying to like being able to quantify some things that are different when it does go away, like it did at the Vals bar, because make no mistake when JT putts reasonably well, he will be there late Sunday. He's just such a good ball striker. Uh, and he is on a run right now. I mean, he is really, I'm looking at his stats last three or four tournaments. It's not just the approach game. It's off the tee too. It's, it's, yeah. you know, he, he had his driver well on a tight golf course. Um, so how about JT and Spieth final group um, at Key Island on Sunday? I'd sign up for, you know, Jordan will be going for the career grand slam there. Uh, and the PGA and listen, you're right. We haven't had them both height of power at the same no. time. So uh, let, let's make it happen. Obviously JT has had some historically great rounds. Player oh. Championship Sunday, a 59 at Sony, a 63 yep. at the U.S. Open at Aaron Hill. So getting those two uh, childhood friends, height of power together, uh, uh, sign me up with uh, some popcorn. I'll be watching that. I mean, Ricky and Smiley might be carrying the bag, but hey, we'll do <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Damon, it's great talking to you, buddy. Um, keep crushing the Golf Channel. I appreciate you coming on, and um, we'll get together here on tour here soon we'll meet up anytime travis look forward to our next conversation thank you buddy let's take a second to talk about the guys and girls over at encore golf encore has earned a reputation of having the most cutting edge technology in their golf balls that the industry has seen in quite some time their team in buffalo new york is changing the script of golf technology through the perimeter weighted designs use of high density particles and even a nano transitional layer in their latest creation, which offers players enhanced accuracy and control for every shot on the course and extreme velocity off the tee. They already have their award-winning Elixir and Avant 55 golf balls, but the new Vero X1 is the highest performance ball to date with their full suit of golf balls. They are transforming the game for players of all skill levels. Visit EncoreGolf.com slash Travis Fulton for more details about their products that are revolutionizing the game. Now back to the Stripe Show podcast. 